Hey guys, welcome to Jacku Broadcast. This is episode 9 and today we're just going to be talking about like news and stuff and through the episode we're going to be like discussing theories and stuff and we kind of go on tangents. So yes, I'm just giving you guys a heads up and um, I'm Daniela and I'm Melissa and we hope you enjoy the episode. So uh, do you want to go ahead and get started with the news, Melissa? Yeah, so we actually have some pretty exciting news about the Obi-Wan series. We have a director now. Her name is Deborah Chow. She actually did a... She directed two episodes of The Mandalorian. Um, and I think that's what kind of made her stand out to Dave Filoni, Kathy, and uh, John Favreau. Uh, that's... Um, I guess episode three and seven of the Mandalorian. I guess we'll find out about those later on. But she also has a pretty extensive film resume in general. Like if you look on IMDb, she directed an episode of Jessica Jones, American Gods, uh, Better Call Saul, lots of the Rain series also. So I think this is pretty exciting. I'm really interested to see what she did on the Mandalorian that, um, kind of got her into doing the Obi-Wan series. Um, I think that's what Dave Filoni said, or somebody said that her work with these characters on The Mandalorian and her character development of them is what kind of prompted them to kind of get her into the Obi-Wan series. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, yeah. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, she said, we really wanted to select a director who was able to explore both the quiet determination and rich mystique of Obi-Wan in a way that folds seamlessly into the Star Wars saga. Based on her phenomenal work developing our characters in The Mandalorian, I'm absolutely confident Deborah is the right director to tell the story. Yeah, so now I'm really interested in those episodes of The Mandalorian. Yeah, like what? Because she's directing all i think there's eight episodes of obi-wan and she'll i think be directing all the eight yeah. because they would have announced other directors otherwise I think. yeah which i think is actually good because it's nice to have one director that you know with it'll be kind of one viewpoint or just kind of a consistent storyline yeah. i would say especially since it's a mini series i think that's a good idea for the series just keep the same it's kind of like doing a movie but it's just one um it's not a movie it's episodes but yeah it'll be i think it'll be nice and consistent and i and hopefully with the rich mystique of obi-wan i hope that that means that they're going to put like weird force things in the show i think they have they have to simply because of the whole qui-gon Jin thing yeah when when yoda told they can explore so oh much gosh. through the Obi-Wan series. Yeah, when Yoda tells Obi-Wan in episode three that, you know, his old master wants to get in touch with him, that's, you know, obviously left out in the open. And that's obviously, it has to come out during the Obi-Wan series because that follows right afterward. Yeah. I mean, it's been like eight years since Revenge of the Sith in this series. So there's probably already been some development to it, but that's cool. And, um, yeah, so that's interesting. And she's obviously one of, uh, I guess, one of the first uh, women of color to get to direct um, yes. any Star Wars thing. I know that for Mandalorian, she and Bryce Dallas Howard are the, I think, few. Either they're the few or they're the only um, women to direct those episodes. So that's really fun and great that they get the opportunity to do that. And especially for Deborah, she gets to helm the whole series. So yeah. that's really interesting. And they're probably 
hopefully they can see that she ha- she can handle Star Wars in a an episodic capacity. So maybe she'll work on future series, or she'll probably, or maybe she'll work on like a future movie. So that would be yeah. Cool. I know Kathleen did say that she was working on like getting more female directors into Star yeah, Wars. So, so this is that's good. good. Yeah, this is a good step. A slow, a small step, but it's a really important one, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving on from this. Oh, oh, and one more thing. Yeah, uh, oh, Ewan, Ewan McGregor, Ewan, Ewan McGregor. He he's um executive producing um Obi Wan. So if you guys hate anything that happens in <laughs> the series, you guys have to blame him. Okay, next. <laughs> moving on. Um, Kevin Feige is producing a Star Wars film. Kevin Feige is the uh mastermind behind the mcu um well all his movies have been successful even the ones that haven't been as great but um so i mean we don't know anything besides the fact that he's working with kathleen kennedy and that he's a big star wars fan so i'm not gonna be like i I, i'll admit whenever i heard this news i was kind of disappointed because uh i'm not a personal fan of the mcu really but um yeah we don't know anything so yeah i like i like the mcu i just feel like star wars and the mcu are two totally different beasts and it's a different series and it's handled differently and just the thought of like an mcu type film coming into star wars kind of gives me like the (laughs) heebie-jeebies But I have faith. I understand. You know that his he's a huge Star Wars fan. Like his his oh, yeah, movies are kind of said that. Um, yeah. the MCU movies and their tropes and everything. They're kind of all like if Han Solo was a superhero, <laughs> which you know with the quips and everything. So that's I mean, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the essence of Star Wars. But um, I'm sure that they're giving him the four one one on um things Star Wars and how <laughs> Star Wars stuff is run. Because he's very successful, too, so you can't deny that. And I'm sure they want future success for the Star Wars movies outside of the Skywalker line. So I hope they um, give him yeah, like that mean, reading list that they made Jon Favreau read. Oh, I'm sure they that will. That would that's be like the best. Probab- that's fundamentals for Star, Star Wars. Wars fundamental, so. but fundamental book list, I think. I hope he gets to read that. Yeah, because yeah, because also uh, Favreau had to read these and he had to appreciate. They le- they taught him. They were like, "You're not gonna talk bad about the prequels <laughs> because they're fundamental to Star Wars." So yeah, I think um he'll definitely be getting the four one one. So we should just wait and see what he uh who he chooses as his talent and all that stuff. So but bef- I think like before I judge, I'll see that. But, yeah, yeah. I'll reserve judgment for now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I know how you feel. Okay, so the next thing you want to talk about the new yes. art. Yeah. So this new Brian Wood art, um, it's a like a it's it's half the Resistance, half the First Order, with Ray and Kylo crossing sabers. Um, there's a lot. Star crossed. Yeah, star crossed. Which is funny because what's behind them? Their sons their behind sons. each of them. Yeah. So, in one of the drafts. This is something that Matt, Blind Man Baldwin, who has been on the show before, he told me that, like, Luke was originally the son of sons, and here you have Rey and Kylo, like, in front of sons, the twin so sons, that obviously maybe. Means they're siblings. And no, no, it means that they're Luke's parents. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> 
I'm right. Okay. That's actually yeah. you right. Anyway. You're right. You're right. The reverse Sonny Dalla no, here. No, I don't know. But I mean, it's if obviously it was not part of the actual script of any of the original trilogy, but keeping that in mind is pretty interesting. And um, yeah, so did they? Oh, do you want to talk about who they finally added? Yeah, so Brian Wood added in Rose and Maz um, into the picture, which is great because, you know, when we first saw the... It was unfinished. It was unfinished art, and somehow they got it posted without it being finished anyway. Well, it's nice to finally see Rose and... Um, in Oh, she's right next to Finn. They, they look, hot. look hot. I know they're not side by side. I know they're edited in together, but that looks yeah. good. And look, there's... There's Finn and Rose. There's Lando and Jana. There's uh, Poe and Zori. Poe and his ex, Bo. Yeah. Zori. And then there's Ray and Kylo. That's so cool. I bet it's a coincidence. There's R2 and, there's and R2 C-3PO. And, and Dio and BB-8, of course. Yes. <laughs> so that's cool. And I like all the colorings. I am. I hope that this is made into a puzzle. Like I really hope so because this is a really that cool puzzle cool. that I could make a thousand pieces of these. And <laughs> are you getting yeah. these? Like so. especially with that, we'll talk. We'll talk about this later with the Empire magazine covers. But are you seeing this purple that's starting to form in the middle? Yeah, that's definitely. Doesn't purple and bl- or red and p- do red and yes, blue red and blue make purple. Make purple? <laughs> okay, balance. Okay. So, are you ready to move on, or is anything else you want to say about the um, art? It's, it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. I, Where's Palpatine, though? He's he's Hot in toys, the red Palpatine. Somewhere, probably in the red lights. Yeah. Yeah, he's the Phantom Menace. Okay. Um, and then we got an excerpt from Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse. Um, okay, so I'm gonna read this part. Okay, so here I go. <laughs> Finally, Ray met her gaze. A question lurking there. Perhaps she wants to talk about Luke, Leia thought. We spoke of him, but briefly. Just an acknowledgement that he was at and at peace in the end. But then Ray said, Kylo Ren, he's your son. Ah, Leia nodded and drank from her now cooling cup. Ray squirmed uncomfortably in her seat. What happened to him? She finally asked. I mean, how did he turn to the dark side? He started in the light, didn't he? He told me a story about Luke, about his training, she had tailed. I guess I just want to understand. I do too. So you don't know? I think you have to ask Ben what happened to him. He wanted me to join him, but I couldn't. I thought I could help him, but he only wanted me to become like him. Ray's face fell, and Leia could see the pain etched there. The girl cared about Ben, and he had disappointed her. Ben has made his own choices, or his choices, Leia said. No one can save Ben but himself, and I don't know that, I don't know if he wants. If that is what he wants. Ray nodded a sharp dip of her chin. I know that. I mean, rationally, I know. But I guess I held out hope. Hope is good, Leia said, her voice gentle with understanding. Hope is important. And sometimes it's all we have. But she said, smiling, what does hope have to do with being rational? She held out her hand and Ray leaned forward and took it, pressing her palm to Leia's and squeezing. I don't know how I'm going to do this, Ray whispered quietly. But you will do it. Leia said, her voice a little louder, filled with a little more steel. And you won't be alone. We will be there with you. Ray seemed to steady, and the smile blossomed briefly. Her first since she'd arrived. Okay. Oh, gosh. I have a lot to say about this, actually. Oof. Yeah. So, I think it's really funny how we didn't say this before. It was not an expert excerpt that we added in. 
But it's funny how Ray brings Leia some tea. Because they're talking about this over tea, which is funny in itself. Um, it's also... Oh, yeah. She's... And, yeah. And, I mean, and Leia talks about how it must have been Han's tea. Yeah. Which is so sad. But... Um, it's also really funny how she thinks that Ray's going to talk about Luke. Because it makes sense. Like, yeah, she just, oh. you know, left from meeting... Luke. yeah i just realized that they don't really speak about how ray talked to ben yeah it's like she just kind of knows like it's so weird like how did she she did like leia doesn't know that ray went to the supremacy yeah we don't know or maybe yeah. it's maybe it's in this book later like earlier on but we just don't know yet yeah i mean i understand why they have to have this conversation yeah no because it's so funny though it's like the way that rebecca roanhorse wrote this it's so funny because she's like, okay, it's going to be about Luke. But then Ray's like, N actually, your son is actually who broke my heart, Leia. <laughs> and I'm sad about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, what's yep. interesting is Ray has, like, an opportunity to tell Leia what actually happened to Ben at the Academy. And she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess because she doesn't know if that's the truth. Because she does say that Ben told her about his training, but she wants to have another point of view, I guess. But Well, the thing is that Luke admitted to it. Yeah, but Luke and Leia didn't talk. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, wouldn't Ray tell Leia, like, you know, he actually, Kylo, your son, told me this, and Luke confirmed it, that he tried to kill him. Yeah. If, it, if Luke didn't confirm it. You're right, because Luke did tell her and stuff, but... At this point, how much... I don't know. It makes I don't know. Me, You're, you raise a good point, and I don't know. It makes me suspic suspicious, because I'm wondering if maybe that's acknowledged in the movie, perhaps? Because I'm wondering... I was wondering, like, will, will Leia ever know what truly happened to her son? Because, like, considering... I mean, it's probably... Um, given that I don't probably... I, I mean, it might be in the movie, but it also might just be in explored through... A book yeah because i'm wondering I'm sure. like you know obviously you're limited with carrie scenes so is that ever going to be addressed yeah. you know i'm just wondering yeah i mean i, I it, hope so it, because we yeah. do need to have them because it really and everything and i uh, at this point i don't even know if it matters what happened to kylo at the academy i mean he's oh he, well, ended, he made definitely matters and stuff. You because know what it, I mean? they still haven't really told us what happened after Oh, yeah. Maybe they're saving that for... I mean, they're obviously saving that for that yeah, comic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Probably, maybe Soul. even The Rise of Skywalker, too. Yeah, I'm sure, because not everyone's going to read the comic. And, uh, yeah, I'm just saying, like, it's really interesting how it seemed like, you know, they had Rey almost give, like, a, a perfect opportunity to tell Leia what happened, and it didn't happen, which makes it suspicious. So I'm just saying, oh, eyes right. emoji, that's interesting. Yeah. You know. Okay, that's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's interesting because, I don't know, obviously, Ray right here, she's kind of pointing it out that she wanted him to go to the Resistance, and but she wanted, at the same time, you can tell that she obviously cared about him. Like, mm -hmm. you know how people argue, I mean, we've known this, but you know how people argue that she just wanted him for the Resistance. Mm -hmm. Like, she just, she probably just wanted him to make a good choice and be with her. I guess she was like, maybe I'll be enough for Ben to come to the light side. And hopefully our uh, mutual understanding of each other is something that draws him to me. But it ended up that he just wanted, or in Ray's point of view, and I think 
she just he kind of wanted her to become like him because at this point i like after killing snow i don't think ben had enough time to reflect and be like well i don't want to do this and i want to be good i think he still wanted power and that's the main issue at the moment and probably going into the rise of skywalker so it, yeah it's i understand why Ray thinks think, the way she does i think does. they both massively misunderstood each other i yeah because ray's thought that what their understanding was enough for him to come to the light side and defeat the first order and ben was like no i wouldn't i want power and i, I don't want know if to he exactly rule everything. wanted power well he definitely definitely wanted to be supreme leader like he immediately jumped onto that and he wanted to rule with ray um and he wanted the he didn't want like to save her friends so i don't know i think he just wanted to start fresh because his whole thing was destroying everything he wanted everything to be destroyed so he wasn't held accountable and he could just have power and Uh, obviously ray didn't want that because she wanted the resistance to win i think i don't think the main thing is he wants power per se i think he just wants to make things new and I think there's a yes, yeah, have power to make. Well, things yeah, new. I just don't think he's like in that power hungry mode. He wants to be in control of that, though. It's the problem. He thinks he thinks that he's right. Yeah, I know he thinks he's and right, but I think so. He wants to start anew, and he wants to be the one in charge because he thinks he's the one that should be in charge with Ray because he thought that they had a mutual understanding, and they did, but it was just a massive like not on the same page like you said yeah i i'm just saying that i don't think he's like a, in a power hungry trip because he i, I th- it's like whenever anakin offered padme to rule the galaxy it's like that exact same I, thing only he's not Vader, i actually feel like they're so he's not gone like anakin. i know like they're compared and they're paralleled but i actually feel like anakin's join me and ben's join me is a little bit from a different standpoint I don't think they're the same. No, because um, because because what Anakin was telling Padme was that he was going to um, he wanted Padme to join him, and they could overtake the Emperor, and they could rule and create a whole new galaxy, and that's like exactly the same thing as Ben. The only difference is the time the story is being told. So, for Anakin, it was at the end, and for Ben, it was still like in the middle chapter. So I think their intentions are the same, and that's what the Rise of Skywalker is going to be, where he learns that his intentions are wrong and that he needs to do good. And, I mean, he can't be in charge of everything, basically, because, like, Ray doesn't even want power like that. Does that make no, sense? yeah. I mean... Like, I- like, she, like, if you compare Padme and Ray, they both wanted them to be with... So Padme wanted Anakin to be with her and the child and Ray wanted Ben to be with her. And what Ben and Ray or Ben and Anakin both wanted was for the girls to be with them, but for them to rule. And that's not what the girls wanted. So that's where the main misunderstanding comes from. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I'm just saying that I know that they're paralleled. I know that, you know, that Ray or, or Kylo and Anakin are paralleled in paralleled in these scenes. Um, same thing with Ray and Padme. I just think that with the, when they ask to 
uh, they asked the other like to to rule with them. Like it's obviously it's done in different. a different way. Yeah. Bec- but I mean, at the same time, they were both trying to get the lightsaber. Like there was intention well, there. I, I think, think that comes off a little bit as miscommunic- miscommunicated too with them. I think Ben perceived it as, oh, she wants to get rid of me now. She's trying to take the lightsaber. And probably. But what would have Ben done with the lightsaber? Huh? Was he was a he, he didn't want Ray to leave. Right. Otherwise, why would he want the lightsaber? Right. And I think he already had his own. So yeah. He didn't want her to leave. I just. So I think it's just. I think the way. I don't know. I do think he wanted power. And that's why she didn't end up with him at the end of The Rise or The Last Jedi. Because they fundamentally are opposed. Like they're. They want the opposite thing. Yeah. I'm just saying like Ben is already at a place of power. I think he did want Ray to be with him in that moment. I just don't think his desire for power was as strong as Anakin was. But he immediately jumped to that. And that's why their scenes are like I know that that they're paralleled. It's just that because of their... The intentions are paralleled too, though. Because otherwise, like, he would have ended up with Rey. Like, if he was... If his intentions were, like, better than Anakin's, I feel like they would have ended up the same. I'm just... Yeah. The only difference is that Ray has more power where uh, he was able to, Anakin was able to choke Padme, but uh, Kylo couldn't harm Ray in any way because she was equal. Right. She I think that's an important difference, force. too, because Anakin, he's on this power hungry trip where nobody can stand in his way. You know, he. Well, at this point, Kylo had defeated palpatine or snoke so it's kind of like he knew he was going to be the supreme leader like, yeah he looks at the throne yeah, so he had he it already it, and obviously- the moment he killed snoke it was his but yeah, that I wasn't know. i don't think that was his actual like full intention is like yeah i'm gonna kill snoke so i can be supreme leader you know i think it's more of you know kind of killing the abuser in a way and i think well i think it's both yeah i think he wants to both. usurp him. It's like the rule of two. He's not a Sith, but it's still the rule of two where he becomes the master and he wants Ray to join him and be his equal instead of be master and apprentice. So it's kind of like it's he wanted to share the power with Ray, but it was still him wanting power because he didn't want to help the resistance. I think since I know I know what you're saying, I think that I still think it's a little bit different. I just think in that moment, I don't think power is the first thing on his mind that he wants. Like, that's not his number one goal in that moment is power, like overarching power over everything and Ray just by his side for it. He wanted, I don't think the, I guess, I guess the way I'm thinking about it is I'm, when you say power, I'm thinking of like, yeah, this blind, like strive, like and desire for power. But the way I thought of it is he wants, in this moment, he his, he believes he's found, like, a belonging with somebody who could actually help him. I just think that he saw an opportunity to actually change things for the way. I guess he wanted to change things for, like, getting rid of the Jedi and the Sith, obviously killing the past. Uh, he saw this opportunity to do it with Rey, and I think that's what he truly wanted. So, we also find out during the... Uh, resistance reborn thing that 
Leia has scouts are all over the galaxy and that Poe is invited by a prime minister. Her The name is Prime Minister Grists. He's invited to a party and Leia tells him to have fun, but to be aware that there may be First Order sympathizers. So I guess that's a plot of the book. Okay, so I, yeah, I, I think Poe is going to be a huge part of the book. I think I, we perceive that, especially from the cover. Since he's like on the cover, yeah. <laughs> like a huge face. He's like, yeah. And, well, also there's um, Ray giving Leia, I guess, hope because Ray or they finally get in contact with a prime minister who's Prime Minister Grist and Ray's like looking up on like the glass half full and Leia at this point is like a drop or half empty uh, a glass half empty and like Ray says well that's good and then Leia's like yes it is but it's barely a drop in the bucket of what we need and then Ray's like but every drop counts right so yeah and then she says a drop here and there and before you know it you have an ocean and then Leia's like an ocean what did a girl who grew up on Jack who know about oceans but Leia said, I like the way you think, Ray. You're right. No need to minimize what Poe and his black squadron accomplished. Now, why don't you get some rest? And then later, Leia thinks about Act 2. And she's like, of course, that's that was where Ray had found Luke. Maybe the girl didn't know something about oceans after all. And perhaps there was a lesson in there for Leia, too. So, yeah, looks like Leia's being healthy. Or she's being um, motivated and to restart the fight after her son tried to kill all of them <laughs> i've had some i've had i've heard some discussions about how leia talks about her son in this excerpt kind of like yeah she's sad about luke she's sad about han but when she talks about kylo she's kind of like nonchalant about it. like yeah well he's gone you know which i and i kind of understand that's what she said with luke too and um on crate yeah like, she was like, my son is gone. Yeah, yeah. I guess she can't give... She probably doesn't want to hope anymore about her son because he hasn't shown anything that to prove her otherwise. And it's probably like she's trying to just get through the day. Yeah. Because Kylo literally just tried to kill the Resistance off again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could get, like, where Leia's coming from. It's like, yeah, you know, she's kind of tired of like the fighting the war you know all these losses and she's kind of just taking this attitude about what and happened. i mean kylo's supreme leader and now at that yeah point. yeah so it's kind of like even worse so I, I i wouldn't even be surprised if she's just kind of carp compartmentalized it in her mind you know like she's kind of separated all that yeah. from herself just to kind of get by i mean it's kind of like how she viewed vader too like vader was gone in her mind she he was gone and she didn't care about Luke turning him. So at this point, she's probably the same, like, to be real. And obviously, that's the point of the sequel trilogy is for Leia to finally have that moment of realization of understanding with a Vader kind of character. So, I mean, that's why right now she's like, yeah, he's gone. Because it's mirroring Return of the Jedi with Leia, too. Like, all of these between episode eight and nine are just her and all the characters kind of being in the last movie of the um past yeah. trilogies like you know anakin and kylo being like trying to take over the universe and ray and padme being like no don't go and leia and 
Leia from Return of the Jedi being like, well, he's gone. So I think that's the whole, that's the point because all these stories kind of mirror each other and they reflect, well, that's what I just said. But yeah, yeah. I think actually Ray kind of gives Leia hope that maybe her son isn't totally gone, yeah. especially because when she, well, when yeah. Leia sees that Ray cares for him. Well, no, because I think Leia is also, or I think Ray is also like Ben is gone. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, she hoped that he wouldn't she's be gone. pretty down about it. She, yeah, I think maybe the hope comes from, like, them being able to destroy the First Order more than saving Ben well, at yeah. this point. Just just because the Ben stuff has to, it's going to be more to do with Episode 9 than even the I road. think that, I know, like, you know, Ray in this moment is pretty hopeless, but I think... It does also give Leia hope as well that her son can be saved in the future because the fact that she noticed, yeah, Ray cares for him. And he was even said, I think, in the last Jedi novelization. Some, I forgot who said it. Yeah, one yeah, of them. But they basically said, like, okay, well, Han couldn't reach Ben and Luke couldn't reach Ben. Maybe Ray can reach him. Like, there's an actual, like, ten, like there's actual, it's, it's said, like, maybe Ray is the one. I think it might be Luke, where it said Ray is the one who might be able to reach Ben. So, I mean, that was already, like, a hint there that, she, yeah, she kind of would. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I think she yeah, will. Yeah, she will. But, More than anyone. But we're saying that, yeah, Ray is kind of, I think, giving Leia hope that it's still possible. Okay, so um, these are kind of some leaks, but since Force Friday is nearby, it's not really... Uh, it's not like a plot leak kind of thing so don't tune out um it's like a new true jedi um so it's a design with a snake surrounding the le legacy saber and it's like a true jedi and it's a strength wisdom loyalty bravery and behind the snake and the the saber is the jedi symbol and i think it's really cool and interesting that they added a snake i was so like pre i was like wondering why they would add a snake to this yeah. you know what i mean it would literally make no because sense to add a snake at all for any jedi symbol symbolism unless no. you know right so i looked it up and i found that it's actually kind of referencing this medical symbol that people use for medicine and it's called the rod of asclepius asclepius or asclepius it's one of those two. I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce that. But yeah, so it's like a medicine rod and it represents the god of healing and medicine or a deity for healing and medicine. So I thought it was really interesting because given the prequel trilogy, like the or at least Revenge of the Sith, the main thing that um, Anakin wanted to do. Did you yeah. hear that? I said <laughs> you're so into this the Anakin thing theory. That you're so in deep. You just... I really am. I like call them the same name a lot, like on accident, like not even on purpose. <laughs> but anyway, so the main thing that Kylo or see, there there you go again. Again. the main thing that Anakin wanted in Revenge of the Sith was to heal Padme, and he's always on the quest for like and like all like all being all powerful. So I think it's interesting um, because. He wanted to heal Padme. He wanted to prevent her from dying. And, you know, obviously Sidious was like, have you heard the story, <laughs> the tragedy of Darth Pl 
Plagueis and Anakin bought into the fact that Sith could become all-powerful enough to avoid uh, their loved ones from dying, which is funny because the Sith don't love. So, so um, I think that, at least in the pure way, they don't love. It's more possessive yeah. and, you know, toxic. And so I was like, okay, so the rod of Asclepius or Asclepius um, obviously represents healing and it's it's a rod and it's a snake surrounding a rod like a wooden rod and it's exactly like the new symbol from the um true jedi imagery that they have for designs and obviously it could just be a dumb marketing thing but the reason why i don't think it's a dumb marketing thing is just because it's a snake and in the last jedi a snake represents you know bad things murderous snake you lying mm-hmm. snake um so the fact that they used it on the jedi thing was really interesting because typically you would not associate anything bad with the jedi in like marketing materials like even in the prequels even though the jedi weren't perfect jedi is still like you know it's the good guys yeah. even if they're not like perfect um so i looked it up and i found that interesting you, you wrote so a whole like reddit cool. post about this right yeah it's on star wars cantina I just wrote about like I wrote about the same exact thing so that I just said and okay and tying this back to episode nine and the sequel trilogy um I think that somebody is gonna heal someone (laughs) because I think that the purest Jedi a true Jedi uh, you might say is the person who's going to become all powerful and like not in the malicious way like not in a i want to have all the power but it's more like you know the people who don't want to be in power or the ones that aren't seeking power are the ones who are rewarded with it because that's how stuff works in like fantasy stories like if you don't want it you end up getting it and so i think it's like it's interesting because usually the bad guys are the ones who want it and they get punished for it so it's interesting. Yeah, there's really no... I think this is going to mean that healing is going to tie into episode 9. And um even though there's no um in the sequel trilogy, I don't think there's a hint about healing powers or anything yet at least, but I think that we've seen that the main issue with the Star War and why the Star War came about is because of Anakin wanting to heal Padme, even though Padme was like, "Dude, don't worry about it. I'm fine. Just you know just be here with me and anakin was like no so um yeah yeah there's if you took out the snake from this image it would still work like the the snake is almost like out of place so it obviously has to mean something yeah yep so i think that's cool i like it there's def there's like no other reason for it to be honest and you know how there's the whole reincarnation the- theory, and um, we've talked about it on the podcast before, not in a full episode, but we've talked about it in bits and pieces. It's kind of like, what if Ray, instead of, you know, how Anakin wanted to heal Padme, what if it's Ray who gets to heal Ben in any kind of way? Like, we don't know. Like, that would be cool. I think that we've, I've predicted this, or not predicted, like, I'm not the one who came up with this, but I think a huge chunk of people are like, yeah, that's going to come into play in episode nine, because it has to, because that's the main thing in the prequels, that that's why everything went to crap. But yeah, just based on speculation, I think, I think that that's interesting that they're kind of giving into everything that I've ever wanted. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's just for you, Danny. Only for you. It is. It is, right? (laughs) 
I do like the new Sith symbol, though. So this poster was um, finally released, the actual official like merchandise poster, where it has um, Rey and Kylo at the front. Or Rey's kind of in the back, but Kylo's in the front, where it has the Sith Troopers in the bottom. And I remember in the very beginning when this kind of got kind of rumored to be like a, a poster, you know, everyone kind of thought it was fake. But now we're like, oh, it's real. <laughs> the first thing that stood out to everyone, I think, or one of the main things, is that C-3PO has his bowcaster and like, uh, well, Chewie's bowcaster and his bandolier. And pretty much everyone kind of assumed that it was photoshopped. Like, there's no way this is real. Like, why would C-3PO have this and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. But I kind of suspected that it was real just because the characters, they... I mean, they have the designs. Yeah. Why, why? Because would it we be also fake? got like these character, um, character art too. Like each individual, like you know, each character had their own yeah. art or stance, and they, you know, they had their little picture. And there would be a hell of a Photoshop job yeah. to like. I was like, this is do too. This. I do Photoshop. I play with Photoshop, and I'm like, this is way too hard. Like the, this would never look yeah. as good as this. Because this, these are new images. Yeah, they're completely. And right after the poster leaked first, I think John Boyega was the one who kind of confirmed it because someone asked him about Han Solo pants. And he was like, yeah. And I know like somebody, know he was supposed to, somebody on Twitter showed Mark Hamill. I remember that. He actually dismissed it. He's like, I don't know. I don't think it's real. <laughs> he actually didn't think it was real, which is pretty funny now, now that I think about it. Yeah. I mean, why would they ask I him? Know, like, like, what the heck does he know about the this, marketing but... material in episode nine? <laughs> he wouldn't know anything about that. He's just there to act. I mean, maybe they think, he, oh, well, he saw what these characters look like. So obviously, like, he would know, but you kind of wouldn't. And then we have this poster that <laughs> came out, and it's Kylo Ren in his mask with his saber on, and in during where his cape is supposed to be is like the mask of vader that we see in the force awakens so that's i feel cool. so dumb danny i didn't see that at all oh I didn't yeah see when it. i first asked whenever i sent it to melissa she didn't see the mask no. she thought it was i was cape. so stupid too i was like I'm, my dumb brain and eyes were like something's weird with this cape i was like is that some sort of like art style that they chose like it's a little bit more like a brush kind of Pattern. yeah it does look like a brush but then i'm like why does it still look weird and then <laughs> and then when he sent me that picture later again i was like wait that's vader's mask yeah because in star <laughs> wars so star wars cantina um this user called slavin ss he posted um a poster of anakin and he has kind of like the same pose that kylo has and there's the vader mask but it's more like it's more it takes up most of the poster as opposed to kylo's where it's just the you know the cape area the body yeah. area so i, I think, think that's anakin's cool. posters from episode three like it actually says it in the bottom yeah the revenge of the sith poster yeah hmm. so it's cool i mean i'm sure it doesn't mean it means anything absolutely nothing <clears throat> what are you talking about nope absolutely nothing and then we got a f we have a poster of ray and she's so cool looking exactly like padme it's so I wonder it's why so interesting. How convenient. She looks so good. I love her she so much. She looks great. And I think it's interesting that she's hiding her scar. You know, I still go back and forth about that because I feel like her scar was a lot higher 
But it's not like they haven't moved scars before, you know. All right. So now we're getting to the vampire <laughs> article. It's good. It's all good. Okay. So Empire has the Rise of Skywalker um, articles where they talk to JJ, Terrio, and Kathleen Kennedy. And the main covers are just Kylo and Ray in the same fighting pose that they've been in through all these marketing materials. And in the subscription is so cool because it's like, I think it's by an artist. It's like a painted cover um, of Ray and Kylo standing side by side. And it's the colors are really pretty because it's like Ray's side is blue and then the Kylo side is red and in between it's purple, which is the balance. There's actually a few interesting things here that can totally be pointed out. If we notice, there's actually like some lightning on both sides of them. Like Ray has this blue lightning, Kylo has this red lightning, which is kind of the same thing in the um, D23 teaser image with them fighting on this piece of metal or whatever. We don't know yet. And then also the purple that comes right in between them, you know, the red and the blue, which mm-hmm. is purple is becoming a really interesting theme throughout this whole thing. Even the Rise of Skywalker logo is kind of turning more purplish, I feel like, the more I look at it. And there's also like this weird white like circle or like oval-esque kind of thing behind them, which I guess could be perceived as... Maybe another, like, I guess you could say, like, oh, it must be another star or something. But it's more oblong and more oval-like. So I think it could be, a, it almost looks like a portal or some maybe, I'm trying to cross my fingers, like a world between worlds kind of vibe. Yeah. And then there's the water from the yeah. below. So that's obviously kind of like the Death Star. Yeah. Something yeah, it could is going be. on here with this purple yeah, lightning. lightning. And then- so the lightning comes out of the circle but yeah them. and so i mean i don't know how much the artist actually got to see but given that palpatine is back it's pretty like it's i mean it would, the it would make there. sense if he came from makes the world sense. between worlds because that's that was pretty much implied it's pretty much <laughs> yeah. said in rebels like yeah he was in there no he was trying oh, yeah, he to was get trying to get there. in there so i mean i wouldn't be surprised if he popped out of that like white portal <laughs> or something Oh, yeah, it's by Paul Shipper. The artist yes, is Paul Shipper. Yeah. <laughs> we all, like, pointed that out on Twitter. Like, oh, that's a really interesting last name. He's a shipper, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Okay, and then with the... Um, do you want to talk about the pictures? Yeah, so some of the, the the first picture that I think we got that was other than the, the covers uh, from the Empire magazine was this really interesting one of Kylo on um it seems to be he's on an um a first order ship or who knows maybe an imperial ship or some sort of ship of his own that he is you know he commands and he's kind of holding his ground like it looks like he's holding his ground with the force like he's trying to hold himself down from like a blowback of something where his stormtroopers in the background are kind of falling over in this really hilarious way that's become a meme now <laughs> and they're all like falling backwards from this blow and it kind of looks a little bit like a, a blue tint of whatever is pushing them back which i'm gonna assume is maybe a ship like because this kind of looks like a hangar this background looks like a hangar yeah it's the hangar bay yeah. looking so i'm pretty thing. sure it must be a ship trying and to escape it must be yeah because it's blowing it's funny because they look like freaking dolls. <laughs> so funny the- stormtroopers look like dolls who just like are being broken and the um 
then Kylo is all like strong. Like I have the force. <laughs> he has his helmet off too, which is funny because he has it on his. And he's, yeah, holding he's holding it. it. He's holding the which helmet. Which is, I guess, we'll talk about later. In the since you know we'll talk about the Empire magazine, but it's interesting because you know how often does he remove his helmet and who does he usually remove it for? Hint, hint. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe this had to do with Ray leaving this hangar on a ship, or maybe it's the Millennium Falcon because the Millennium Falcon has like this blue tint to its engines, you know? Yeah, that's what I thought when I looked at it. It's the Falcon. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So because look at how like it looks like it's a huge ship. It doesn't look like just a little Tie Fighter. <laughs> no, like, Tie Fighters don't have that anyway. Like that kind of. Yeah, I th- and the, the blue tint just makes it obvious. Yeah, I think. I think it's the Millennium Falcon. So it's gonna be interesting. Um, there was like yeah. a BTS photo uh, during celebration that they still haven't released in HQ, which obviously I guess they wouldn't. Is um there was a picture of Daisy Ridley on like a first order set. She had those like Q markers. She had the yeah with the she had one of the things the director yeah, like things those, where you start the those scene snappy things that you say action with. I don't know what they call them. There's a name. But yeah. I don't know. But she had... Yeah, I don't know. It was, it, there's, they haven't released this photo, but I was still remember it because I was... Yeah, I've seen it online. It's blurry. I was there when they showed it. I thought it was from The Last Jedi, but I guess no, not. No, yeah. And it's weird because she actually has her, like, Ray hair styled. But she's in, like, her regular, like, I guess normal clothes, her comfy clothes. So she's on the set. Um, I don't know if that means anything. Force she, Yeah, can you force bond? It could be that she's there you know maybe she just hasn't changed clothes yet like who knows um but then i don't know if she's just there just to hang out because i know she did say in an interview that she does go to sets that she's not part of just because she wants to see what's going on so who knows but she's wearing her ray styled hair so that's interesting i'm gonna just put that out there um the second picture we want to talk about also is this night of knights of ren picture where um they're all kind of standing in a line and they seem to be watching something and there is a bit of like smoke billowing out towards them, like or away away and kind of in in their faces, which we're gonna kind of speculate that it could be them watching Kylo's helmet being repaired, because of like that the first trailer we got, we did see this little monkey creature with little hands kind of fix the helmet, and smoke was emanating from it. So it, it with the background and everything too, um, if you kind of image reversed that image of the helmet if you turn like the black into the whites you know if you did some photoshop with it you could actually see a knight of ren in the background and that was pointed out a while ago so this is this seems to be the same scene because they're all there they're all looking down at this one thing smoke is coming up at their faces so they're watching the helmet being repaired which is you know interesting because i really want to know when this happens during the movie um because um i think matt martin on twitter he somebody asked him or not he didn't they didn't ask him but they put out on twitter and then somebody like tagged him later i forgot who this was but they were like why does kylo in galaxy's edge have his normal helmet it's his you know it's not cracked it looks like his regular one and you know why does he have his normal helmet in galaxy's edge and matt martin kind of said well you're gonna have to wait till the rise of skywalker or the next movie to find out so i'm really wondering (laughs) how does this work like all of a sudden, you know, how does he have his normal helmet in... Like, even um, on the right of the Resistance yeah. ABC yeah, special that they that. have for Freeform, Ray's wearing, or Daisy's wearing her Last Jedi 
stuff. Wait, but so. her hair is actually turned up, like in her regular three buns. So I yeah, probably just just for familiarity perhaps for purposes. Or it I could think. be symbolistic in a way of she kind of regressed in a little bit as the same way that oh i mean yes i yeah for sure but i'm just saying like given her giving business her the standpoint. last jedi <laughs> outfit and the last jedi hair or not the last jedi hair the force awakens yeah. hair i don't even think that's like plot right like, i think yeah for the theme park be. because it's just fam you want people to have familiar images and those are more familiar than i guess her episode nine it stuff. could be both like yeah it's for familiarity and for in a business standpoint and it's also because there's a actual plot point to it you know to uh, go with it yeah but i wouldn't be surprised so yeah we're gonna dive into the empire magazine uh actual article content um, which is interesting because they actually got to interview Chris Terrio as well with J.J. Uh, Abrams, which is interesting because, yeah, Chris Terrio is like disappeared. Like we can hardly find him in anything at the moment, like at all. So it's really interesting to hear what he says. Um, and he says that getting involved with episode nine came as a bit of a shock to him. Um, uh, actually, this is J.J. talking. And um, yeah, so he's saying he never expected to do episode nine. Um, but he was really happy that he got to finish the story that George began. Um, I mean, yeah, who's going to say no to that? Um, yeah, so when he said he uh, was working on episode 7, he kind of didn't know everything that was going to happen in episode 8 and 9. Um, there were some ideas, but um, they didn't know for sure, which, of course, like, you know, they have, I'm sure they had the main, like, plot points written down but you know ryan ryan is his own director and writer so he's not gonna do you know everything that you would expect him to do because he's a different person um and i really like how this whole article kind of pretty much reinforces that you know ryan didn't like screw up the whole timeline and outline of what they wanted to do or what jj wanted to do <laughs> and that you know jj's not gonna retcon everything so as we go on to this article we'll see what he says jj says you can't plan any everything in advance which my revenge of the jedi poster proves you have a better idea when you implement it when i was working on seven i'd be lying if i knew what was going to happen in eight and nine i had some ideas but we had a release date that required us to work on seven so i think that's interesting and it kind of remember when that guy who was uncar plut was like <laughs> oh ryan just Oh, threw everything JJ did away. Like I think that's where the main thing started. Yeah. And obviously JJ wasn't like you have to do this because no. obviously they threw away um, George's treatments or they used them but not, not everything. the way George wanted them. So I think that obviously that's what's gonna happen. It's not like one the directors don't go in there just to be stooges of the studio. I mean, obviously they're going to work with the studio right. to do things, but like Ryan and JJ, they want their creativity. Right. And their their creativity and freedom to do stuff. So I thought that Yeah, was and JJ was executive producer on the Last Jedi. Ryan was writing the Last Jedi during the TFA production. He visited the set. It's not like they didn't talk. They obviously planned some certain things out that they had to, you know, meet certain ideas and bullet points of the plot. 
So it's not like JT just, or not just Ryan just came in and said, you know what? I don't like this. I'm going to change all of this. And who cares what you think, JJ? And now JJ's going to be like, well, I'm just going to retcon everything you did, Ryan. Because, you know, that didn't happen. Even people who like The Last Jedi say that all the time. And it really annoys me. Yeah. I mean, even. That's not how storytelling works. Even though JJ says, like, you know, they didn't have everything planned out. Obviously, they're not going to have everything planned out. You know, there's if different writers are doing it, they're not going to have everything planned out. That's why that's why Colin Trevorrow didn't work. Yeah. Because they didn't like his ideas. Yeah, so <laughs> like that's the they basic. They knew what he was saying. Yeah, if they it. didn't like Ryan's ideas, like you're going to have to like the story group and Kathy, Kathy is not shy of firing People. right like she'll do it if she doesn't like it and they'll get rid of you so if they didn't like ryan's ideas like then blame star wars if you don't like it blame kathleen kennedy well they do blame her <laughs> blame the story group blame like jj because they all thought it was good and they went with it so it's not all yeah. ryan's fault yeah <laughs> we're becoming a ryan johnson protect <laughs> ryan johnson ryan podcast, johnson defense but... squad <laughs> I mean, the same thing's going to happen with JJ. He's going to get a lot of crap for The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, but the Raylo... He already is getting a lot of crap, and the movie's not out yet. Us will protect him. He will be... We'll protect him with our lives. I don't know about that. I've seen a bunch of Raylos being like, JJ sucks, but that's another thing I don't want to talk about. That's the whole thing, probably. Do you want to move on to the next quote? Yeah, so... On the let the past die, kill it if you have to. Yeah, so Chris Terrio was talking about... He was talking about that specific line a lot, about let the past die, kill it if you have to. Um, He said that Ryan did something that any good second act will do, which is to create the antithesis. In TFA, Luke is a myth Ray's obsessed with, and there's a warm embrace of the past. So what Ryan suggested in the past is a mixed bag, and you can't rely upon it to tell you where to go in the future. What we're doing with episode 9 is trying to create a synthesis between those points of view. So it just kind of emphasizes, which yeah, I think, ahead. oh, sorry, it just kind of emphasizes that, yeah, like they actually like what Ryan did and they want to just build upon it in episode nine. Well, that's just how storytelling, t- like I said it already, that's how storytelling works. Yeah. And at the same time, I don't think let the, let the past die, kill it if you have to, that line's not the right mentality and it's shown in the Rise of Skywalker or in the Last Jedi because Kylo is wrong in that and that's why he doesn't get a reward that's why he's and he he ends up alone and sad and on the floor (laughs) and looking at his dad's dice because he's wrong you can't let the past die you have to you know take it and like that's why whenever it's also interesting because uh she has the legacy saber and it's obviously split apart and it's interesting because that's kind of a symbolic of the mentality to like leia tells her that they have everything they need so it's kind of symbolic that yeah they have to take stuff from the past and help and like that to like move forward because the legacy saber is somehow going to help them in the future yeah i think like you can't just destroy the past and like the legacy saber would be the past and you know what i mean it's like you know you have to kind of take the past you know as for what it is and kind of learn from it and you know build your future upon it knowing what you know from what you know of the past and just kind of letting it go. I mean, in, in certain contexts, you know, in certain contexts, like, I understand what Kyla was saying. You know, let the past die, kill it if you have to. It's kind of letting go of the past. But it's also, 
another hand, it's good to also remember the past and kind of learn from your mistakes and kind of do better. Yeah, that's why we always get in the same wars and same <laughs> fights like every 40 years because no one cares about the past everyone says they hate history so they never study it and, or they yeah. study it too well and try to replicate yeah, it and hence it's repeated so all right the next quote is um they're talking about the last jedi and this is jj and he says i never find my found myself trying to repair anything i can't wait <laughs> every single interview he does he's gonna have to be talking about <laughs> that you know but because everyone up, thinks he's you know yeah and then he said, if I had done episode eight, I would have done things differently, just as Ryan would have done things differently if he had done episode seven, which is The Force Awakens. And then it says, but every, but having worked on a TV series, on TV series in general, I was accustomed to creating stories and characters that were run by other people. If you are willing to walk away from the thing that you created and you believe it's in trustworthy hands, you have to accept that some of the decisions being made are not going to be the same that you have. And if you come back into it, you have to honor what's done. Basically, he's explaining how storytelling <laughs> works to the people who are like, he's retconning everything because that's how storytelling but you works. You know what? Even like some anti some antis that i've talked to in person like i know some people in person who do who hate ryan johnson who hate the last jedi even though when i point out these articles and i even send them these articles yeah they, they don't, don't believe care. it because they're like oh well of course they're gonna Nobody say cares. that because they work for the mouse and blah blah blah. so of course they're not gonna yeah no one cares it. that's why you should never try to fight anyone that's like who hates the last jedi because they don't care yeah they really don't care about anything you have to say even if you have reason reasonable they don't to listen say. to reason <laughs> all right do you want to talk about the next quote about Raylo? yes so this is Raylo. so he said Ter chris terrio says some of the most interesting scenes in the last jedi are the conversations between ray and ben we've tried to pick up that complicated relationship that really has been present ever since the interrogation in episode seven when Ben takes off his mask and there's a nakedness about him with Ray that he doesn't express to anyone else. Ryan developed that in, inter in fascinating ways, and we've been able to develop it even further. I just love... So the rails, the rails are right. right. I love how... That's all that has to be said about that. And I love how he uses the word nakedness. Like, I know what he means. I just love that he said it that way. <laughs> He could have said yeah, openness, he could have said but he said openness, nakedness. You know, yeah, vulnerability. <laughs> right. He chose nakedness. Thank yeah. you, Chris Terrio. <laughs> so the next quote is uh, JJ, and he's talking about the mask coming back, and he says, "Having him be masked and also fractured is a very intentional thing, like the classic Japanese process of taking ceramics and repairing them, and how the breaks in a way define the beauty of the piece as much as the original itself. As fractured as Ren is." the mask becomes a visual representation of that. There's something about this that tells us history. His mask doesn't ultimately hide him and his behavior is revealed. So, um, yeah, um, Sky Talkers called this and they have a meta that you guys should read. Yeah. And there's, yeah, I believe it's basically, yeah. there's, I believe there's actually a few Raylos who've actually even talked about it even before that too, like early in December. Uh, but again, like it's been reemphasized by like, podcasters other Raylos too and dive deeper in it um it's been said before and guess what the Raylos were right so that's all i gotta say about that yeah and i think that that kind of 
I don't know why people were worried about the mask because obviously it's it looks different from The Force Awakens, <laughs> so it's gonna mean something differently than it did in The Force Awakens. But I'm just I'm being, I'm being so, so I'm moving honest, on. I, you want to talk about Palpatine? Oh, I just want to say that about the mask. Still, I actually hated the idea of the mask when it first came out in the very beginning of the year. I was like, oh, he's got the mask again. Because I was like, just, you know, he broke it already. Like, let, leave it off. Let me see my boy's face. Um, but now, like, once I think about it, once I've heard, like, all these other theories from, like, the good the good Raylos and the good metas that they've put out, that, okay, I accept it. And I know that it serves a purpose. And it, it won't stay on forever. And somebody, Ray will knock it off. And you'll see it explode in, like, slow motion as she, like, tells him how stupid he is I to I don't wear know it. if it has to explode. I want it to just, like, fall apart. It could just be a symbol that they have. Like, I think, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to the mask, but I think him keeping it would be kind of cool. I, well, like, I would I be for it, for him keeping the mask. It would be more... Because it's kind of like a thing where it's... The mask even... This is so funny because Kylo's all about killing the past, but he gets his mask back, so he clearly <laughs> wants to... Yeah. He's obviously learning from the ma- from the past if he keeps the mask. <laughs> like, he's not destroying everything, so... Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Do you want to go on to the yeah. Palpatine? So on Palpatine, um, JJ was saying some people feel like we shouldn't revisit the idea of Palpatine, and I completely understand that. But if you're looking at these nine films as one story, I don't know how many books where the last few chapters have nothing to do with those that have come before. If you look at the first eight films, all the setups of what we're doing in episode nine are in plain view reincarnation baby <laughs> redemption <laughs> no i think yeah and um i think uh, uh, aside from palpatine who i really don't care about because i'm not a fan of palpatine <laughs> um i think this means that we're getting padme in episode nine you mean like natalie portman showing up yeah i think she has to like if you're gonna yeah i um, i'm almost like that's the same thing that he just said he doesn't know many chapters where the first <laughs> chapters don't have anything to do with the end chapters so they have to bring in yeah Padme. i think i'm pretty i'm pretty sure now that hayden christensen's coming back and if you're gonna bring him back you might as well bring in natalie portman no especially if you're yeah. gonna bring him back you have to because the whole natalie thing is about her padme is the whole reason why the war <laughs> the whole reason like Padme is the reason for the whole story, so or the unhealthy obsession of Anakin with Padme is the whole reason. So yeah, I think they're gonna fix that yeah, I, I need with them. a tight, uh, nice bow at the top. <laughs> um, do you want to go on yeah. to the ending? The about the ending? Yeah. Um, JJ said, "I've always loved to start uh, the start of something because of what it promises. Endings are hard. A great ending not only needs to honor everything that comes before, but whether it's a novel, a series, or a film, you want it to feel like it could end no other way. So I'm really interesting, interested in what this means. I think it has to mean that it's going to end. Obviously, it's going to end on a happy note. I, th- I know that for sure. I just don't know how and what they deem as happy to me, you know, because I have my own, I have my own ideas of what a happy ending is for me as a Raylo, obviously because you know i want ray and ben to be together i want them to i think the storytellers do too. i mean hopefully they see it that way like because some may say oh well you know i don't know no. how they would see it you know this is like 
That's not the story they want to tell. I'm just though. trying to see it. Platonic as... is, I mean, platonic is important, but that's why you have Ray's friendship right. with Finn, and I think it's going to be romantic. It has to be. They're not going to do the comparisons between Padme I and mean, Anakin for it to just be I friendly. Know like, there's no reason to I do that. I know there's going to be romantic Raylo. I know that for sure. I just don't know what they're going to do after the the big fight ends. After they defeat Palpatine. I, I, what are they going to do with Ben? Is he going to, is he going to exile himself? That's what I'm afraid of. Like, is he going to exile not, himself? That doesn't make sense to Star I know, Wars, though. Because him exiling himself would be like, he is exiling himself right now. Right. That's why he's, he's on the other side of enough. the war. So... We have, it's kind of like how Anakin never got to make up for his, uh, not warm crimes, but just his like whole thing with Vader. He died, so he never had the chance to confront everything that he did. And I think that for Kylo, he can't be exiled because it's not even in the punishment way. It's just kind of in a, you have to like feel sorry and feel guilty and not carry that forever with you, but you have to accept that as part of your past and move forward and it wouldn't make sense if he exiled himself because that would just him it would be him getting off right that's that's like the the scared side of me the more logical side of me is saying they have to end this story they have to they have to fix this like this whole skywalker curse right so the only way to do that at the end the only the only solution the only resolution there would be is ben would get everything to come back yeah. ben <laughs> like ben luke's, is gonna, luke exiled himself and that was not yeah, good ben is gonna get everything that anakin never got to have i think that's what's gonna happen yeah. like the only way this is gonna because f- he's gonna stop wanting power <laughs> oh my bah. god the only way this whole skywalker curse is gonna end is if ben solo gets everything he wants but yeah i think it's gonna end my the 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 logical side of me is saying Ben's going to get his family and belonging the same way Ray's going to get her family and belonging and they're going to have it with each other and I'm going to cry. It's going to be the best story over ever. And yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just going to say that till Tross. Um, for last part of the Empire magazine on the story, um, is this JJ or Chris Terrio? JJ. So he's saying this story is alive and you have to listen to it. When you land on something that gives you the chills, that's the only way you know if it feels right. You can deconstruct it all you want and try and make sense of how you found it, but somehow it finds you. That gives me so much hope. That's the most vague answer. Yeah, that gives me so much hope because it's like I know that uh, JJ started Raylo, you know, or he didn't, he might not have started the idea of it, but, you know, he... He said himself that he had to find the love story first and foremost in this trilogy. So I know that he had has had this in mind forever. So I trust his instincts and I trust he'll do Raylo justice. I'm just going to keep telling myself that. <laughs> you have nothing to I know. Her. I'm just, you know, it's just a little. It's not like Ryan just randomly invented that I on know. himself. He built upon it. You know, which is good. And he took it to new heights. And I just hope JJ. That's why they're advertising them fighting so much. Because it's not. It's going to be the opposite of that. Whenever the story ends. Because you can't have the story with them just fighting the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You just don't have to worry about it. Kylo's going to become good. And stop wanting being greedy. And realize that what's most important is his family. And 
at being good and that's how we're gonna find balance Mm -hmm. and i don't know why like in all seriousness i don't understand any other ending for star wars like why would (laughs) why would it end in a weird way where kylo really bad takes like some even people that i know personally will say oh it's gonna end with Dark Ray being the villain because that's who she's gonna be in the next trilogy. But then that would be. And I'm like, do you hear yourself? There's no other trilogy though. I know, like, there's, like, do you hear yourself when people? I don't know. They just don't hear themselves. They're like, do you understand that she? This is not gonna end the Skywalker saga on like a cliffhanger like this. No. The sequel trilogy is a direct answer to the the prequels, so it's gonna end in the opposite direction, and that's why it's a mirror of the first. Uh, three movies where the force awakens the last jedi uh, like ryan had to rewatch the last the the prequels over and over again for a reason it's not just because he wanted to be cute and reference them it's because the story is telling the opposite direction of that and that's why the prop- the proposal scene was like in the second movie and the she got away and she wasn't force choked it's because it's a direct answer to that and so the next movie is going to be mirroring the force the phantom menace more than anything yeah there's some yeah there's just some themes like mythological and fairy tale-esque uh, themes within star wars that are kind of overlooked or just they'll say like don't think about it too deeply it's not that deep but it is like and it is. Star- like George Lucas. That it's there. Everything is there for a reason. Like Ray's clothes are there for a reason. Yeah, the, her hairstyle is styled away for a reason. You know, it's the little yeah. subtle things that these creators have diligently worked hard on to put in that story. All means something. And it's not just because they thought it yeah. looked cool, or be. Or because they want it. It's not even... And it has to rhyme for a reason. It's because... Like, yes, it's poetry. It rhymes. But it rhymes for a reason. Because it has to answer to the past. Right. It all has to connect. It's all one story, you know? Like, we already have a better sweet ending where not... Like, we have a happy ending. But, like, bad things happen to the person... Like, with Anakin... And he was old. If Kylo was Rey's grandpa who, who went on the dark to the dark side, then I could understand some tragic ending. <laughs> but like he's young. He still has all his limbs. They've purposefully done that. Every Skywalker loses a limb, at least in the second <laughs> movie of the trilogy. So it's like they didn't do that with Kylo on purpose. That's their they've done that on purpose. Like there's a reason. So there's a reason why his worst moments kylo's worst moments are gonna be in the force awakens and in the last jedi because the story is only getting better from there like even in the beginning of the rise of skywalker it's probably gonna still be kylo doing some bad stuff too but he's gonna get to good like that's why it doesn't really matter anything about kylo's past like all the bad things that he's done or he's wanted like the story is still going to be like well he feels bad because that's what they're trying to teach people like if you feel bad and you work to be better then you're good like you don't have you have to obviously always account for what you've done in the past but it's not going to be you don't always have to be punished right and i don't think americans especially they don't understand that because everyone has to be punished for bad things here (laughs) yeah um there's a lot of i guess 
depends for Kylo's ending. I think it depends a lot about your viewpoint of how you view certain things. I know I've seen people kind of compare what he deserves to have at the end with what they believe. Like, um, yeah, obviously I don't want to. Yeah. For example, like, like Star Wars is very radical. Yeah. It's radical because all you do is all you need to do is feel bad and work on yourself. You don't have dessert. You don't have to be like going to prison. Like, that's not the point of the story, going to prison and fixing things in that way. So, I don't know. Does that yeah, make sense? No, it Like, because a lot of people are like, he needs to exile, he needs to go to jail, he needs to do all these things. But that's not the story. Right. And he needs to die <laughs> to be, like, make up for all his bad things. Like, that's not right. the story. And, like, what some people have said, like, you know, well, it says, well, people are saying, like, well, Kylo doesn't deserve redemption because he's done all these bad things. Well, it's like, well, well, you don't ever if you deserve redemption, then you don't need a redemption. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, you don't need it if you have done not done done anything that, you know, deserves a redemption. You know what I mean? Um, And some people have also brought into like the idea of like, I don't want to I obviously don't want to bring, you know, religion into this, but also kind of like what. Well, I mean, everything. I mean, George Lucas. So I guess I can. Right. So, like, I guess the idea of, yeah. like, Calvinism and, like, yeah, Christianity of, like, how, well, I, I guess particularly Calvinism of, like, how you must kind of earn your way into heaven with, like, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you do, but it's kind of, like, as long as you are good and you work to be good, you're okay. You shouldn't punish yourself for, like, once you realize that you're okay, you're okay as long as you keep working for it. And it's obviously not an easy thing where you're just like, for example, Kylo, he's too ashamed to go back to the light side because he thinks his family won't accept him. And he's probably deep. He hates himself. So he's like embarrassed about what's going on with him, like what he's done and stuff. And he thinks it's too late. And people keep telling him it's not too late, but he doesn't believe them. And it's up to him to like finally see that it's not too late. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's why I'm like, okay, well, he's probably that's why he's going to die that's going to represent him being reborn into a better person right like, like kylo ren is gonna die we know that but we know that ben solo is gonna yeah. be reborn because he has to die like that's just how the story that's how the hero's journey works there has to be a death and the rebirth and it could be a literal death or it could be like a metaphorical death but i in this be on this part it's going to be a like literal death right just because there has to be because it's called the rise of skywalker there's gonna be a jesus emo there is and that's how it's gonna go that's how it's gonna mirror the phantom menace because of kylo and anakin like kylo was anakin was born with no father and kylo will be reborn like jesus i totally expect when the raylo kiss happens like there's gonna be some like huge kind of like force esque moment where like maybe a whole bunch of light shines down on them it's gonna be some weird supernatural like thing going on in the background like something weird is gonna happen it's not just gonna be like some regular like old kiss or whatever it's gonna something is gonna happen where it's gonna be profound and you're gonna be like yes this is what was meant to happen yeah but it's gonna be so easy like you don't even have to worry about people's opinions on like right now on kylo because remember whenever they switch he killed snoke for ray like everybody was cheering on him on so it's gonna be as easy as a snap are you genuinely like worried about kylo's fate Um, or i know like like i said i know ben happening i know Rayla's happening 
I'm just worried about how it's going to end at the very end. Like, the epilogue moment, you know? Like, what is going to happen to my son? You know, where is he going to go? Is he going to be with Ray? He better be with Ray. Because if he's not, then what was the whole dang point of it all? Exactly. What was the point of saying that they're the balance if he's just not going to be with Ray? It makes no sense. Yeah. That's just... I, I know it's not logical, but my mind just goes there. It's that one fear meme. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that is all for today. Thank you for listening. Um, make sure you follow me or follow the uh, Twitter for the Jakku Broadcast um, stuff. It's a Jakku Broadcast. And obviously there's the um, there's my account, which is Mortis Gods. And which one's your account, Mel- Melissa? On Twitter, you can find me at Abandoned Porg and Tumblr Abandoned Sock. Yes. So, And also make sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Thank you. And um, anything else? Uh, no. No, we're going right. to actually... So in our next episode, we're actually going to talk about the Age of Resistance comics. Um, we were actually planning to do that in this episode. But as usual, we went off topic and we talked about uh, way more things than, you know, went way longer than we thought we were going to do. But we should know already kind of expect that about us by now. (laughs) So uh, look forward to that in our next episode. All right. I think that's pretty much it. Awesome. All right. So you might get a two episode um, week this week, depending on my editing time. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, you guys have a great day. And let's just hope that the trailer comes out soon. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking it's gonna be October 14th. What do you think? Throw out your bid. Yep. Same. Same. 14. Okay. All right. Cool. And they're going to announce it on the Star Wars show soon. Maybe tomorrow. That's a good idea. You know what? I didn't think about that. Okay. All right. Yeah. We're recording this on a Tuesday. So tomorrow's the Star Wars show release date. But yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. You guys have a great day. Bye. Bye.